one can see a problem and say that that's a problem. But it takes only a child of God who can look beyond the problem and find the solution. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. Amen, amen. I am Reverend James Brown, Jr., actually. No, I'm not related to the one that just transitioned recently. Um, but I am a junior. I'm the assistant pastor over at Word of Faith Love Center, where our senior pastor is Dr. Reginald Garman. And, and I thank him for allowing me to come over and be with you this evening. Thank you to Pastor C. Elijah. Pastor Nathaniel, Pastor James, for allowing me to be here with you. And I'm always excited to be here at the Ark, at the Ark of Salvation. This is a wonderful, wonderful church family. There's a wonderful spirit, a wonderful presence of God. I love your worship, your praise, Brother Ivan. I love your work that you do. It just sets a wonderful atmosphere. Well, we're going to go ahead and dig right into the Word of God this evening. If you brought your Bible, I would like you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. We're going to be looking at Scripture, chapter 59 in the book of Isaiah, a major prophet with a major message. Amen. 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 Isaiah 59, and we're going to begin looking at scripture at verse number 19. We're going to jump to the middle of that verse, which sometimes is called part B of verse 19. And the word of God reads, it says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him and the redeemer shall come to Zion and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. For a few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject of a blessing in the flood, a blessing in the flood. In fact, before we dive into the message, I'd like to say a word of prayer. Bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this hour, for this very moment. Father, we don't take it for granted, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence being here in our midst. Father God, right now I surrender myself unto you. Less of me, more of you, none of me, and all of you, God. Use me as your vessel to speak words of life, O oh God, into lifeless situations. Father God, it is by faith that I believe that the dead can be resurrected even tonight. So, Father God, speak words that shall impact your people, O oh God, that their spirits may be renewed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look back with me at this verse. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now, I want you to take a close look at that scripture or that verse there. When the enemy shall come in like a flood is how it reads. The spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. You know, something doesn't flow there. Something doesn't really feel comfortable as 
you read that. It's saying that the enemy will come in as a flood. We understand that a flood is destructive. A flood is overpowering. A flood washes and destroys. So we need to look at this a little closely. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, I want to propose to you right now that the structure of this sentence is a little off by one punctuation mark. I believe if we take the comma and place it where it really should be, we'll get a totally different understanding of this verse. Read with me. When the enemy shall come in, comma, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Mm. Now that sounds more like my God. When the enemy shall come in, Come on, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Let me help you, because I don't want you to think that I'm just taking the scripture and turning it any way I choose to make it. But let's look at the actual origination, the original meaning of this term flood. When we look at the original Hebrew translation of the word flood, it comes from the Hebrew term nahar, which means stream, river, or watch this, even prosperity. So when the enemy comes in, it's like a flood, a river, a stream, a flow of prosperity that the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Now, I want you to understand this prosperity because I don't want you to get misunderstood and think that the prosperity is simply uh, limited to money or financial things or material things. Because we understand that the Bible teaches us in 3 John 1 and 2. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that ye may prosper and be in health, even as thy what? Soul prospereth. Soul, suke, mind, will, and emotions. That those things may prosper first. That the other things of prosperity may be added unto you. Understand that it means nothing for you to have a load of money in the bank if the relationship with your wife is not in line. If you cannot get along with your husband, if you cannot relate to your children, so therefore you must have your relationships in right standing first. Those things must prosper. Your soul must prosper. You must have a right relationship with God. You must have a right relationship with man. You must go the way of the cross. A right relationship with God. A right relationship with man. Then you can look to prosper in the earth realm. But you've got to seek the prosperity of your soul first. As your soul prospers, as you come in relationship with God, as you come to know him as he knows you, even as the Apostle Paul talked about in, in 1 Corinthians 13, he said, now I know in part, but then I shall know even as now I am known. We want to know God just like he knows us. And as we seek that, and as we gain that, then we prosper. And then watch this. As you prosper there, then financial things are added to you. Other things are added to you. Your house is in order. Things come. You have peace in your heart, peace in your mind. And then you can truly see the enemy overtaken. When the enemy shall come in, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now, let's talk about that word standard. You see, typically we understand the word standard to mean a unit of measuring, a model 
by which we use to make comparisons. He says that as the enemy comes in, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard. And many times we've taught it for years. I taught it myself that there will be this standard that you'll be able to measure yourself to. And the enemy will be so small compared to the standard. But that's not what the scripture is talking about at all. Standard comes from the Hebrew term noose. That's not N-O-O-S-E like a noose. Okay. It's N-U-W-C, noose. This term noose means to vanish away, to escape, to impel, to deliver, make to flee, or put to flight. So watch this. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard. In other words, the Lord will come in and wash things right away. See, when the enemy comes in, he will come in one way. But he'll have to flee seven different ways because he will not be able to stand. Why? Because God has given a prosperous spirit to you that you shall overtake everything the second it comes in. You don't have to sit there and let the devil walk up one side of you and down the other. God has given power to be released in the flood. And the standard will cause things to flee and run and fly away that have been lingering around you for months and weeks and years. Stuff you've been dealing with, but God has given you power. And we're going to talk about that power in just a moment. But we have to understand that there's a standard. The standard is meant to drive things away. It's meant to push things out. Things that have been around you, they're generational curses that have been tied to you, that God has already given you a means to push and deliver out. <sighs> Look down with me at verse 21. The word says, as for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth nor out of the mouth of thy seed nor out of the mouth of thy seeds seed saith the Lord from henceforth and forever but watch this notice he says as for me this is my covenant with them saith the Lord my spirit that is upon thee upon thee now, when I read that originally, I said, it's upon me, the spirit that rests on me. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. Not as though it were a garment. That sort of takes us back even to the early priests when they would wear a garment even as they went in to pray. That it would be something that would simply rest upon you that you could put on and take off. But this isn't what the scripture is referring to. It's not just what rests upon you, but it's also what rests within you. It is something that dwells on the inside of you, not just that which you wear. See, there are some people that will come to church on Sunday and say, hallelujah, how you doing, brother? God bless your sister. It's good to see you. How you doing? Oh, I'm wonderful. Blessed are the Lord and highly favored and power to prosper daily. But then you see the Monday through Saturday 
And they're everything but that confession that they make on Sunday. Because they're wearing their faith and their belief in God as a garment. But it's not meant to be worn as a garment. It's meant to be dwelling within you. It has to be something that abides on the inside of you. It's not something that you can change from day to day. I like the movie Batman, especially the the one that came out a couple years ago, where there was a character named Two-Face. And he, he was two-faced because he was caught in a bomb and explosion. And so during part of the movie, or, or that part of the movie when he was in the hospital, you saw this one side of his face, and you thought everything was all right until he turned and showed you the other side. And on that other side, there were wounds, there were pains, there were scars, and it spoke to the very thing that had been seared in his heart. The very two-faced attitude that came out of his spirit also was reflected in what had happened to him in the natural. Many of us walk around and we have a two-faced perspective. We come around and we want to look holy one day, but then we don't look so holy the next. We want to stand for righteousness one day, but then we want to be unrighteous the next. But yet God is looking for a people that will be willing to stand up in the midst of every adversity and allow the goodness of the Lord to speak through their very spirit. This is the man that he's speaking to. He's saying, listen, I am going to let my spirit that is upon thee, my spirit that is within thee. Very quickly, one last thing about that. I want to read in the Amplified translation so you'll be able to understand this even clearer. As for me, this is in the Amplified. This is my covenant or league with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is upon you, and who writes the law of God inwardly in or on the heart. Inwardly on the heart. Remember, the laws of the Lord are no longer written upon tablets that ye may see, but yet through his spirit he hath written the law upon the tablets of your hearts. So here, even the prophet, as he receives the word of God, is speaking even beyond that which Christ would do at the cross, saying that there is something that's not just going to be upon you, but something that's within you. Notice, go with me to the next part of the scripture. It says, and my words that I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord, out of the mouth of thy seed, it shall not depart out of the mouth. Once he gets his word in you, then it's not going to depart out of your mouth. Let me bring clarity to that. Most of your translations will say that. But the New Living Translation says they will be on your lips and on the lips of your children and your children's children forever. Forever. That means the word of God that has come unto you, that is within your heart, that that word is going to be upon your lips. This is the covenant that he's made with you. He's saying that, listen, not only am I going to put my spirit upon you, not only is my spirit going to dwell in you, but my word, if you take heed to me, my word will rest upon your lips. He's saying that in any situation, you will have the word and the word will be able to speak to that circumstance. Every situation. 
It doesn't matter what it is. He's saying the word will be upon your lips. Your spirit shall be within you. His spirit rather shall be within you. It shall be upon you. And also his words shall be on your lips. So let me tell you, in the midst of every adversity, it is the word of God that should echo from your mouth. Let me say that again. In the midst of every adversity, it should be the word of God that echoes from your mouth. You should not speak your problem, but speak your solution. See, anyone can see a problem and say that that's a problem. But it takes only a child of God who can look beyond the problem and find the solution. And this is what God gives you in the midst of his word. That's why when you feel a pain in your body, you don't simply just say, I am sick. You say, by faith, I am well. For he has healed me and delivered me from all of my destruction. See, when you understand the situation, you don't look at your child and say, this child is unruly. You say, my child is blessed and child of the Lord and great shall be his or her peace. You have to know the word to be able to apply it in the midst of every circumstance. If you have trouble in your marriage, woman, don't look at that man and say, this trifling husband. You say, Lord, I thank you for giving me a mighty man of valor, a man of character and integrity. Man, don't look at that woman and say that she is just the source of all my problems. No, you say, my wife is a Psalm 31 woman. This is a woman of virtue who will not take her mouth and destroy her house. You've got to speak life to the midst of death. You don't stand death and call it death, you call it life. <sighs> You've got to be able to understand that there is something in the midst. But can we go back to verse 19? I want to show you something. I want you to realize this, that the reason why the punctuation is incorrect here is because the flood does not originate from the enemy. It does not originate from the enemy. Can I tell you where it comes from? It comes from your mouth. See, the flood actually comes from the very lips in which you speak. See, understand, it's not some mystical or magical channel of water that appears out of nowhere that attacks your enemies. It is purposefully, on purpose, sent by you by the words that you speak. You've got to understand that the source of the flood, the source of the water is from within you. How do I know this? John 7, 38 says, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. So your mouth then becomes the channel that actually points the water in the direction it needs to go. Somebody's going to get that in a minute. Because when you realize this, when the enemy comes in, you open your mouth and you pronounce not curses but blessings. That's where the prosperity is manifest. And as you speak life, to the situation. That's why he is caused to flee and it makes him fly away and he cannot come in any farther. That's when you say, enemy, you've come this far but no more. Right now I speak and say my family is whole in Jesus' name. 
You've got to be able to take the word, allow it to flow off your lips, and see change produced in your life. This flood is something that's been created that God had within us even from the beginning. That's why two-thirds of our body is made or composed of water. Because the source of the flood that you need to drive the enemies away is already within you. It's nothing that you have to look for. You don't have to come and get rosary beads from someone. You don't have to sit and wait on Pastor Nathaniel or C. Elijah or Pastor James. You don't have to sit and wait on some some conference to come to town. It is already in you. I love you and I pray with you as long as God would have me to. But brother, sister, God has already put the answer in you. And you've got to be willing to access the very thing that's meant to be your deliverance. One last thing that I want to share with you and then I'm going to be finished. I'm going to get out your way and let you all start enjoying the the beginning of your weekend. In verse 19, it talks about this enemy. This enemy. When the enemy shall come in like a flood. The enemy. Who is this enemy? This enemy is not just an adversary. Let me tell you how it really translates. The enemy may be a narrow or a tight place, a troubled place. It could be distress. It could be affliction bodily, relationally, whatever the affliction may be. All of those things are an enemy. And oftentimes we look at those circumstances and we give power to it by simply speaking about it and talking about it as though it is a run of bad luck that has come upon you. But yet this is an enemy that you need to fight. But the problem with the Christians of this day is that we have forgotten how to fight. And that's why when we look down, God says, listen, this is my covenant with you. It's my covenant, my spirit, which is in you and upon you, combined with the word that is also on your lips. If you speak it, that will produce life and it will drive your enemies away. Watch this, watch this, because not just that, but what did he say? He said, it shall be upon your lips. And then who? Upon the lips of your seed. And then what? Upon the lips of your seed's seed. So in other words, he's telling you, look, I'm giving you a generational blessing. If you simply declare my word, remember a word declared shall be established unto you. If you can simply speak the word, it won't just bless you. It's going to bless your children and not just them. It's going to bless your grandchildren. God has a generational blessing that he's trying to get down to the third generation. Quickly, everybody all right? This is, I'm not going too deep, am I? Because I want to show you the reason why he's trying to get to the third generation. Remember, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and who? Jacob. But what happens at Jacob? Something supernatural happens at Jacob because Jacob didn't have one kid. He didn't have two kids. He had 
Twelve sons. Just the sons. Not talking about daughters. Twelve sons. So what happens with the number twelve is that government is established. Order is maintained. And now the true prosperity of God can be released in your lineage. He's trying to get you to the third generation. If you can simply speak the word. If you can declare it. Listen, I know what the economists are saying. I understand. I watch CNN sometimes too. I got to repent for it, but I watch it. But then I've got to come to myself and make myself understand that they are not God. Only God is God. I believe we are coming into a dispensation of grace that God is bringing us to. It shall be the church's finest hour. Not that where we have to go around crying and bellyaching about what we don't have. But God is going to release witty inventions and creations that will allow us to create the kingdom of God here in the earth realm. If we could simply get to the place of being bold for God, understanding everything that he has already placed within us, and in the midst of adversity, calamity and strife not only will we do as it says in psalms not only will we laugh but we're going to speak the solution and we're going to see the power of god manifest and only then will we truly be able to see that there's a blessing in the midst of the flood amen god bless you god bless you God bless you. God bless you. And we thank you for joining us at Brothers of the Word. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, you can go to airjesus.com and type in sermon number 6289. Again, thank you for joining us at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. This ends message number 6289 by James Brown, Jr. To send this message, a blessing in the flood, number 6289, to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 6289. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.